Section 14 of Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 5, by Julian Hawthorne, Editor. Section 14. The Safety Match by Anton Chekhov. Part 1. On the morning of October 6, 1885, in the office of the Inspector of Police of the 2nd Division of S. District, there appeared a respectably dressed young man, who announced that his master, Marcus Ivanovich Klausov, a retired officer of the Horse Guards, separated from his wife, had been murdered. When making this announcement, the young man was white and terribly agitated. His hands trembled, and his eyes were full of terror. "'Whom have I the honour of addressing?' asked the inspector. "'Seikov, Lieutenant Klausov's agent, agriculturist and mechanician.' The inspector and his deputy, on visiting the scene of the occurrence in company with Seikov, found the following. Near the wing in which Klausov had lived was gathered a dense crowd. The news of the murder had sped swift as lightning through the neighborhood, and the peasantry, thanks to the fact that the day was a holiday, had hurried together from all the neighboring villages. There was much commotion and talk. Here and there pale, tear-stained faces were seen. The door of Klausov's bedroom was found locked. The key was inside. "'It is quite clear that the scoundrels got in by the window,' said Psykov, as they examined the door. They went to the garden into which the bedroom window opened. The window looked dark and ominous. It was covered by a faded green curtain. One corner of the curtain was slightly turned up, which made it possible to look into the bedroom. "'Did any one of you look into the window?' asked the inspector. "'Certainly not, your worship,' answered Ephraim the gardener, a little grey-haired old man, who looked like a retired sergeant. Who's going to look in if all their bones are shaking? Ah, Marcus Ivanovich, Marcus Ivanovich, sighed the inspector, looking at the window. I told you, you would come to a bad end. I told the dear man, but he wouldn't listen. Dissipation doesn't bring any good. Thanks to Ephraim, said Psykov, but for him we would never have guessed. He was the first to guess that something was wrong. He comes to me this morning and says, Why is the master so long getting up? He hasn't left his bedroom for a whole week. The moment he said that, it was just as if someone had hit me with an axe. The thought flashed through my mind. We haven't had a sight of him since last Saturday, and today is Sunday. Seven whole days, not a doubt of it. Aye, poor fellow, again sighed the inspector. He was a clever fellow, finely educated and kind-hearted at that, and in society nobody could touch him, but he was a waster. God rest his soul. I was prepared for anything since he refused to live with Olga Petrovna. Poor thing, a good wife, but a sharp tongue. Stephen, the inspector called to one of his deputies, go over to my house this minute and send Andrew to the captain to lodge an information with him. Tell him that Marcus Ivanovich has been murdered, and run over to the orderly. Why should he sit there kicking his heels? 
let him come here and go as fast as you can to the examining magistrate nikolas yermolaevich tell him to come over here wait i'll write him a note the inspector posted sentinels around the wing wrote a letter to the examining magistrate and then went over to the directors for a glass of tea ten minutes later he was sitting on a stool carefully nibbling a lump of sugar and swallowing the scalding tea there you are he was saying to psykov there you are a noble by birth a rich man a favorite of the gods you may say as pushkin has it and what did he come to he drank and dissipated and there you are he's murdered after a couple of hours the examining magistrate drove up nikolas yermolarievich chubikov for that was the magistrate's name was a tall fleshy old man of sixty who had been wrestling with the duties of his office for a quarter of a century everybody in the district knew him as an honest man wise energetic and in love with his work he was accompanied to the scene of the murder by his inveterate companion fellow-worker and secretary dukovsky a tall young fellow of twenty-six is it possible gentlemen cried chubikov entering psykov's room and quickly shaking hands with everyone is it possible marcus ivanovich murdered no it is impossible impossible go in there sighed the inspector lord have mercy on us only last friday i saw him at the fair in fairbankov i had a drink of vodka with him save the mark go in there again sighed the inspector they sighed uttered exclamations of horror drank a glass of tea each and went to the wing get back the orderly cried to the peasants going to the wing the examining magistrate began his work by examining the bedroom door the door proved to be of pine painted yellow and was uninjured nothing was found which could serve as a clue they had to break in the door everyone not here on business is requested to keep away said the magistrate when after much hammering and shaking the door yielded to axe and chisel i request this in the interest of the investigation orderly don't let anyone in chubikov his assistant and the inspector opened the door and hesitatingly one after the other entered the room their eyes met the following sight beside the single window stood the big wooden bed with a huge feather mattress on the crumpled feather bed lay a tumbled crumpled quilt the pillow in a cotton pillowcase also much crumpled was dragging on the floor on the table beside the bed lay a silver watch and a silver twenty kopeck piece beside them lay some sulphur matches beside the bed the little table and the single chair there was no furniture in the room looking under the bed the inspector saw a couple of dozen empty bottles an old straw hat and a quart of vodka under the table lay one top boot covered with dust casting a glance around the room the magistrate frowned and grew red in the face scoundrels he muttered clenching his fists and where is marcus ivanovitch asked dukovsky in a low voice mind your own business chubikov answered roughly be good enough to examine the floor this is not the first case of its kind i'd have to deal with eugraf kuzmich he said turning to the inspector and lowering his voice in eighteen seventy i had another case like this 
but you must remember it the murder of the merchant portraitoff it was just the same there the scoundrels murdered him and dragged the corpse out through the window chubikov went up to the window pulled the curtain to one side and carefully pushed the window the window opened it opens you see it wasn't fastened hmm there are tracks under the window look there is the track of a knee somebody got in there we must examine the window thoroughly there is nothing special to be found on the floor said dukovsky no stains or scratches the only thing i found was a struck safety match here it is so far as i remember marcus ivanovich did not smoke and he always used sulphur matches never safety matches perhaps this safety match may serve as a clue oh do shut up cried the magistrate deprecatingly you go on about your match i can't abide these dreamers instead of chasing matches you had better examine the bed after a thorough examination of the bed dukovsky reported there are no spots either of blood or of anything else there are likewise no new torn places on the pillow there are signs of teeth the quilt is stained with something which looks like beer and smells like beer the general aspect of the bed gives grounds for thinking that a struggle took place on it i know there was a struggle without your telling me you are not being asked about a struggle instead of looking for struggles you had better here is one top boot but there is no sign of the other well and what of that it proves that they strangled him while he was taking his boots off he hadn't time to take the second boot off when uh, there you go and how do you know they strangled him there are marks of teeth on the pillow the pillow itself is badly crumpled and thrown a couple of yards from the bed listen to this foolishness better come into the garden you would be better employed examining the garden than digging around here i can do that without you when they reached the garden they began by examining the grass the grass under the window was crushed and trampled a bushy burdock growing under the window close to the wall was also trampled dukovsky succeeded in finding on it some broken twigs and a piece of cotton wool on the upper branches were found some fine hairs of dark blue wool what color was his last suit dukovsky asked Tchaikov. yellow crash excellent you see they wore blue a few twigs of the burdock were cut off and carefully wrapped in paper by the investigators at this point police captain artsobashev swistakovsky and dr tuitev arrived the captain bade them good day and immediately began to satisfy his curiosity the doctor a tall very lean man with dull eyes a long nose and a pointed chin without greeting anyone or asking about anything sat down on a log sighed and began the servians are at war again what in heaven's name can they want now austria it's all your doing the examination of the window from the outside did not supply any conclusive data the examination of the grass and the bushes nearest to the window yielded a series of useful clues for example dukovsky succeeded in discovering a long dark streak made up of spots on the grass which led some distance into the centre of the garden the streak ended under one of the lilac bushes in a dark brown stain under this same lilac bush was found a top boot 
which turned out to be the fellow of the boot already found in the bedroom. "'That is a blood-stain made some time ago,' said Dukovsky, examining the spot. At the word blood, the doctor rose, and going over lazily, looked at the spot. "'Yes, it is blood,' he muttered. "'That shows he wasn't strangled if there was blood,' said Shubikov, looking sarcastically at Dukovsky. They strangled him in the bedroom, and here, fearing he might come round again, they struck him a blow with some sharp-pointed instrument. The stain under the bush proves that he lay there a considerable time, while they were looking about for some way of carrying him out of the garden. Well, and how about the boot? The boot confirms completely my idea that they murdered him while he was taking his boots off before going to bed. He had already taken off one boot, and the other, this one here, he had only had time to take half off. The half-off boot came off of itself, while the body was dragged over and fell. There's a lively imagination for you, laughed Chubikov. He goes on and on like that. When will you learn enough to drop your deductions? Instead of arguing and deducing, it would be much better if you took some of the blood-stained grass for analysis. When they had finished their examination and drawn a plan of the locality, the investigators went to the director's office to write their report and have breakfast. While they were breakfasting, they went on talking. The watch, the money, and so on, all untouched, Chubikov began, leading off the talk. Show as clear as that two and two are four that the murder was not committed for the purpose of robbery. The murder was committed by an educated man insisted dukovsky what evidence have you of that the safety match proves that to me for the peasants hereabouts are not yet acquainted with safety matches only the landowners use them and by no means all of them and it is evident that there was not one murderer but at least three two held him while one killed him klausoff was strong and the murderers must have known it what good would his strength be, supposing he was asleep? The murderers came on him while he was taking off his boots. If he was taking off his boots, that proves he wasn't asleep. Stop inventing your deductions. Better eat. In my opinion, your worship, said the gardener Ephraim, setting the samovar on the table, it was nobody but Nicholas who did this dirty trick. Quite possible, said Psykov. "'And who is Nicholas?' "'The master's valet, your worship,' answered Ephraim. "'Who else could it be? "'He's a rascal, your worship. "'He's a drunkard and a blackguard, "'the like of which heaven should not permit. "'He always took the master his vodka "'and put the master to bed. "'Who else could it be? "'And I also venture to point out to your worship "'he once boasted at the public-house "'that he would kill the master.' It happened on account of Aquilina, the woman, you know. He was making up to a soldier's widow. She pleased the master. The master made friends with her himself. And Nicholas, naturally, he was mad. He's rolling about drunk in the kitchen now. He's crying and telling lies, saying he is sorry for the master. The examining magistrate ordered Nicholas to be brought. Nicholas, a lanky young fellow, with a long freckled nose, narrow-chested, and wearing an old jacket of his master's, entered Psykov's room, and bowed low before the magistrate. His face was sleepy and tear-stained. He was tipsy and could hardly keep his feet. "'Where is your master?' 
Shubikov asked him. Murder, your worship. As he said this, Nicholas blinked and began to weep. We know he was murdered, but where is he now? Where is his body? They say he was dragged out of the window and buried in the garden. Hmm. The results of the investigation are known in the kitchen already. That's bad. Where were you, my good fellow, the night the master was murdered? Saturday night, that is. Nicholas raised his head, stretched his neck, and began to think. I don't know, your worship, he said. I was drunk and don't remember an alibi whispered dukovsky smiling and rubbing his hands so and why is there blood under the master's window nicholas jerked his head up and considered hurry up said the captain of police right away that blood doesn't amount to anything your worship i was cutting a chicken's throat I was doing it quite simply in the usual way, when all of a sudden it broke away and started to run. That is where the blood came from. Ephraim declared that Nicholas did kill a chicken every evening, and always in some new place, but that nobody ever heard of a half-killed chicken running about the garden, though, of course, it wasn't impossible. An alibi, sneered Dukovsky and what an asinine alibi did you know aquilina yes your worship i know her and the master cut you out with her not at all he cut me out mr psykov there ivan mikhailovich and the master cut ivan mikhailovich out that is how it was psykov grew confused and began to scratch his left eye Dukovsky looked at him attentively, noted his confusion, and started. He noticed that the director had dark blue trousers, which he had not observed before. The trousers reminded him of the dark blue threads found on the burdock. Chubikov, in his turn, glanced suspiciously at Psykov. "'Go,' he said to Nicholas. "'And now permit me to put a question to you, Mr. Psykov. Of course you were here last Saturday evening.' yes i had supper with marcus ivanovitch about ten o'clock and afterwards 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 really i do not remember stammered Tsaikov. i had a good deal to drink at supper i don't remember when or where i went to sleep why are you all looking at me like that as if i was the murderer where were you when you woke up I was in the servants' kitchen, lying behind the stove. They can all confirm it. How I got behind the stove, I don't know. Do not get agitated. Did you know Aquilina? There is nothing extraordinary about that. She first liked you, and then preferred Klausov? Yes, Ephraim, give us some more mushrooms. Do you want some more tea, you Graf Kuzmich? A heavy, oppressive silence began, and lasted fully five minutes. Dukovsky silently kept his piercing eyes fixed on Psykov's pale face. The silence was finally broken by the examining magistrate. "'We must go to the house and talk with Maria Ivanovna, the sister of the deceased. Perhaps she may be able to supply some clues.' Chubikov and his assistant expressed their thanks for the breakfast, and went toward the house. 
they found Klausov's sister, Maria Ivanovna, an old maid of forty-five, at prayer before the big case of family icons. When she saw the portfolios in her guests' hands, and their official caps, she grew pale. "'Let me begin by apologizing for disturbing, so to speak, your devotions,' began the gallant Chubikov, bowing and scraping. "'We have come to you with a request. Of course you have heard already. There is a suspicion that your dear brother, in some way or other, has been murdered. The will of God, you know. No one can escape death, neither Tsar nor plowman. Could you not help us with some clue, some explanation?' oh don't ask me said maria ivanovna growing still paler and covering her face with her hands i can tell you nothing nothing i beg you i know nothing what can i do oh no no not a word about my brother if i die i won't say anything maria ivanovna began to weep and left the room the investigators looked at each other shrugged their shoulders and beat a retreat confound the woman scolded dukovsky going out of the house it is clear she knows something and is concealing it and the chambermaid has a queer expression too wait you wretches we'll ferret it all out in the evening chubikov and his deputy lit on their road by the pale moon wended their way homeward they sat in their carriage and thought over the results of the day both were tired and kept silent. Chubikov was always unwilling to talk while travelling, and the talkative Dukovsky remained silent to fall in with the elder man's humour. But at the end of their journey the deputy could hold in no longer, and said, "'It is quite certain,' he said, "'that Nicholas had something to do with the matter. Non dubitandum est. You can see by his face what sort of case he is.' His alibi betrays him body and bones, but it is also certain that he did not set the thing going. He was only the stupid hired tool. You agree? And the humble Tsaikov was not without some slight share in the matter. His dark blue breeches, his agitation, his lying behind the stove in terror after the murder, his alibi and Aquilina. Grind away, Emilian. It's your week so according to you whoever knew aquilina is the murderer hothead you ought to be sucking a bottle and not handling affairs you were one of aquilina's admirers yourself does it follow that you are implicated too aquilina was cook in your house for a month i'm saying nothing about that the night before that saturday i was playing cards with you and saw you otherwise i should be after you too it isn't the woman that matters old chap it is the mean nasty low spirit of jealousy that matters the retiring young man was not pleased when they got the better of him you see his vanity don't you see he wanted revenge then those thick lips of his suggest passion so there you have it wounded self-love and passion that is quite enough motive for a murder we have two of them in our hands but who is the third nicholas and psykov held him but who smothered him psykov is shy timid and all-round coward and nicholas russian mystery stories would not know how to smother with a pillow his sort use an axe or a club some third person did the smothering but who was it 
Dukovsky crammed his hat down over his eyes and pondered. He remained silent until the carriage rolled up to the magistrate's door. Evrika, he said, entering the little house and throwing off his overcoat. Evrika, Nikolas Yermolayevich, the only thing I can't understand is how it did not occur to me sooner. Do you know who the third person was? Oh, for goodness sake, shut up. There is supper. Sit down to your evening meal. The magistrate and Dukovsky sat down to supper. Dukovsky poured himself out a glass of vodka, rose, drew himself up, and said with sparkling eyes, Well, learn that the third person, who acted in concert with the scoundrel Tsaikov and did the smothering, was a woman. Yes, I mean the murdered man's sister, Maria Ivanovna. Chubikov choked over his vodka and fixed his eyes on Dukovsky. You aren't what's its name? Your head isn't what do you call it? You haven't a pain in it? I'm perfectly well. Very well, let us say that I'm crazy. But how do you explain her confusion when we appeared? How do you explain her unwillingness to give us any information? Let us admit that these are trifles. Very well, all right. But remember the relations. She detested her brother. She never forgave him for living apart from his wife. She is of the old faith, while in her eyes he is a godless profligate. There is where the germ of her hate has hatched. They say he succeeded in making her believe that he was an angel of Satan. He even went in for spiritualism in her presence. Well, what of that? You don't understand. She, as a member of the old faith, murdered him through fanaticism. It was not only that she was putting to death a weed, a profligate, she was freeing the world of an antichrist, and there, in her opinion, was her service, her religious achievement. Oh, you don't know those old maids of the old faith. Read Dostoevsky. And what does Lyskov say about them, or Pechersky? It was she, and nobody else, even if you cut me open. She smothered him. Oh, treacherous woman! Wasn't that the reason why she was kneeling before the icons when we came in, just to take our attention away? Let me kneel down and pray, she said to herself, and they will think I'm tranquil and did not expect them. That is the plan of all novices in crime. Nikolas Yermolayevich, old pal, my dear old man, won't you entrust this business to me? Let me personally bring it through, friend. I began it, and I will finish it. Chubikov shook his head and frowned. We know how to manage difficult matters ourselves, he said, and your business is not to push yourself in where you don't belong. Write from dictation when you are dictated to. That is your job. Dukovsky flared up, banged the door, and disappeared. Clever rascal, muttered Chubikov, glancing after him. Awfully clever, but too much of a hothead. I must buy him a cigar case at the fair as a present. The next day early in the morning, a young man with a big head and pursed-up mouth, who came from Klausov's place, was introduced to the magistrate's office. He said he was the shepherd, Daniel, and brought a very interesting piece of information. I was a bit drunk, he said. I was with my pal till midnight, on my way home as I was drunk. I went into the river for a bath. 
i was taking a bath when i looked up two men were walking along the dam carrying something black shoo i cried at them they got scared and went off like the wind towards makarev's cabbage garden strike me dead if they weren't carrying away the master that same day toward evening Saikov and nicholas were arrested and brought under guard to the district town in the town they were committed to the cells of the prison end of section fourteen read by lars rolander